Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bros Pod is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. everybody uh welcome to another version of bill roden on sports i'm bill roden on a scintillating sports saturday uh here at an undisclosed location upstate new york and uh you got a great panel lots to discuss most of it we won't Welcome to the dance as we dance around some of the hottest issues, <laughs> some of the hottest issues in sport. We're welcome to the, the square dance. We're gonna be dancing our asses off in this edition. But I'm here uh, with, my, with my friend and colleague, uh, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's happening, man? Happy birthday, by the way, to Kareem. How, how was the birthday party? Or, or to Zane, the little one. I mean, I'm sorry, Zane, not Kareem. Zane. He's four. Uh, birthday party was tiring. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this dance. Uh, a lot going on in the NBA. None of it good, really. Uh, so let's talk about it. Yeah. And then, of course, our special guest. Actually, he's like, you know, not even a guest. Uh, he's kind of like a honorary co-host. Uh, friend of the show, a legend in his own right. A senior advisor. Yeah, senior advisor. <laughs> yeah, he's our advisor. It's why we have a... We have an attorney on this particular show. <laughs> anyway, talk to you about the great Ken Schwabsire. Hey, Ken. Uh, uh, Ken is, uh, you know, a longtime friend. Uh, we worked together, you know, for a long time on a lot of different stuff, man. And uh, latest at Arizona State, he was the uh, CEO of the Global Sports Institute. He retired, quote unquote, retired. Now he's uh, back in Philadelphia. He's the um, uh, a senior advisor to the dean of the Wharton School, and he's a pro- uh, professor emeritus at the law school, uh, and he's done a lot of other stuff. So, Ken, welcome uh, back to the program, which you are kind of co co host of. Welcome. Yeah. No, don't try. I have been on a few episodes, but not <laughs> when the program goes down, which may happen today. Don't, don't try. <laughs> Don't try to fully associate, associate me. You know, the uh, all those old Westerns used to be the, the sidekick that wasn't there every episode. So that's what I think. I'm more like the sidekick that comes on every now and then on, on a special adventure. So then people tune in. Oh, oh, Gabby's there. Gabby, right. <laughs> and also we have him on because, you know, Ken is in Philadelphia and Philadelphia is sort of the epicenter of sports. In fact, he just told me 
that uh, the MLS finals are on, which I could kind of like, you know, ho hum. But what what'd you say? Who's what's what's going on with the with the MLS? Right now, it's the 98th minute. I don't know how you do that, but that's you know, because the games are what Jamal knows more than us. 90 minutes, mm-hmm. and then they add the time on when you know, however they calculate that. But the score is two to two, so it's a very exciting match, not game. Match. <laughs> on the pitch, yeah. on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so where where are they playing? It's in Los Angeles, so it's, so it's L.A. versus Philly's everywhere. Philly's everywhere. Oh, playing, man. You're right. You got the Eagles. Uh, eight no, Phillies. eight no Eagles. The, the yeah, Phillies. Eight no Eagles. The Phillies. What about the 76ers? Uh, the season's just getting underway. Yeah. <laughs> Embiid is, is out and Harden is out. And Tyrese scored a bunch last night, but uh, to no avail. And Dr. Hotsey. Doc, well, he starts the season on a hot seat. Well, every season, I think he starts. Every season. <laughs> hey man, we may he, he may he may he may be so desperate that he'll bring Kyrie Irving on his team. Well, I was gonna say if, if and this this is kind of a lead with the end in mind. Kyrie on the Sixers and Doc is the one coach that seems to not have these kinds of dramas. All you can say about Doc which is a lot, he seems to have a lot of control over the guys. Well, yeah, except, yeah, well, he, well Ben Simmons, you know, uh, well, he still yeah, was not well, able he, to. But he took care of that, right? It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't much of an episode. It was, it, I right. mean, when it crescendoed, Doc was pretty adamant about where it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely, that will definitely test Doc's mettle to bring Kyrie. But, well, because he's got Harden there, too. You know, and Harden, that's why Harden left Brooklyn, because he got fed up. He got fed up with Kyrie's. Get me out of here. (laughs) I can't take it anymore. And when Harden says that, (laughs) you know. So maybe maybe everybody goes to Brooklyn. It's it's a a highway between Brooklyn (laughs) and Philadelphia. (laughs) What is that? What is that interstate? (laughs) 95? Yeah. Well, but that, that is, you know, we brought up Kyrie and Jess, but that's for the last, you know, few weeks. I would argue probably for the past eight years of his career. But Kyrie once again is uh, making headlines. You know, he made headlines in Cleveland for all the wrong reasons. Uh, then he made headlines. Uh, where did he go after Cleveland? Boston. Uh, where? Boston. Oh, <laughs> then he went to Boston for that disaster. And now he's in Brooklyn. And uh, sure, everybody at this point, uh, knows what has happened, but um, a couple weeks ago, a week ago, uh, he linked to a film and a book that's deemed by nearly everybody to be anti-Semitic and containing several anti-Semitic tropes. Uh, and he linked to a book that's called Hebrews to Negroes. Right. Hebrews to Negroes. Uh, or was it Negro, Negroes to Hebrews? Right. Um but it, and uh, it was a book by the same name, and it seems like the only winner out of this ha- has, of course, been the documentary, <laughs> 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 which has, of course, now become like the number one whatever on the Amazon list. So you know, Kyrie's been suspended. Kyrie's going to bunch of you know, Nike's suspended relationship. The Nets have suspended for five games. Uh, people in his career, like I said, the only winner has been. 
the the filmmaker and the author of the book. Uh, and, and Amazon and and, and and Amazon, of course, the rich get richer, right. and leaving you know all of us, you know here. It, it's been a very um, fascinating time if you listen to the airway as I do, um, in a, in, a, in a society in a country that's already very highly polarized. Uh, and it's going to become even more polarized. We got critical elections coming up on Tuesday, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, uh, a basketball player who only spent eight years of college, eight, eight, who only spent eight months on a college campus, and yeah. got us all, it's got us all talking about this. So I guess my thing is, and we can't take this in any direction. The goal of this story, the goal of this podcast, is for us to address the issue and escape unscathed and not saying <laughs> anything that's going to burn, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've talked to both you, Ken, and Jamal about this because there's so many, uh, so many um, issues. And um, I, I guess I want to ask each of you, what has been your takeaway to this point? I mean, it's, it's sort of a moving target, but what has been his takeaway um so far about uh, Kyrie. Um, you know, there, there are people who have been coming to his defense. There are people, you know, you know, have, who, you know, many of our Jewish brothers and sisters who have condemned him. He's apologized, his apology ain't enough. The Anti-Defamation League at first, you know, you know, the, the Knicks and Kyrie uh, donated, gave money to the Anti-Defamation League and then after he issued an apology, which really wasn't an apology, they said it wasn't enough. And they said, we don't want your money. And now he's been suspended. And I'm not sure if that means they're going to take the money back or they're not going to take the money. But uh, but what's so, you know, let's start with you, Ken, of course. <laughs> what, what's, uh, where are you with, with where we are right now with, with Kyrie? Well, I, I'm glad, you know, we've had a little time for the dust to settle and to think about this a little bit and to not react in the moment. And, and this has been a, a, I mean, it's a tragic kind of scene, but it's really been a good one to think about how should we respond in these kinds of moments, especially when, and I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist, I don't have any psychology degrees, but everything tells me that if starting point one is somebody's talking about the, the earth is flat. <laughs> right, right. Um, and we have other instances along the way. And this occurs in a moment when we're talking about the importance of mental health. That we start with that. That, that none of this that he set forth makes a lot of intellectual sense. And everything that he sets forth indicates there's a problem with mental illness. And my thought is, you know, it, it, so there's three different things we could do. We, we could certainly talk about this whole Black-Jewish relationship historically and how do we look at that and all that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and we could talk about uh, the right kind of punishment for somebody who espouses that sort of thing. Or we can say, here's a man who's deeply troubled and rather than suspending him for five games, the real work would be how do we get him to get the help that he needs hmm. in this this kind of setting, 
And, you know, Kyrie would not be happy with me, say, me saying it in this way. And that's probably part of the problem. But if you're the commissioner of the league and you're going to have a one-on-one conversation with him, that would have been a better goal than to say, no, I'm going to tell you exactly how to apologize. Right. Right. Which, which is, is just as antagonistic probably as saying you need some help. Yeah. Yeah. Very patronizing and very condescending. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is where we start to, to be, be careful about the line that we go across as we talk about this. But there's, there's, there's you know, anti-Semitism, racism, we condemn that universally. And But the idea of what to do with somebody that espouses this, and in the same moment, there are questions about his mental health, we need to think about what the priority is in the moment and to think about the future instances where we, we could do it. And, and, you know, the whole idea of going to uh, uh, the Holocaust Museum and some of all this educational stuff, all this sort of thing, all that can come into play as well. But if we're going to think about what this man needs in this moment, based on the genesis being the, the world is flat, <laughs> we, we know who we're dealing with. Right. That's such a great point. Uh, what do you think, Jamal? And, and again, you're, you're right, Ken. When somebody says something like that, you know, the world is flat. You know, I'm kind of deaf to everything they say after that. You know, I mean, how seriously can you take somebody uh, after that? And then you link to something that you probably haven't seen or read, you know. Um, mm. and, and I think Kyrie has been doing this probably since his days at Duke, again, where he spent eight months. And to me, this is exhibit A, that this brother, you know, yeah, and to an extent, I don't want to lace everybody, but. It's, a, it's almost like a miseducation of all these brothers, man, who've gone to all these great universities and stayed there for eight months and then jumped to the league. Or even if they stay there, didn't really get an education, you know, and, and learn the kind of critical thinking that is associated with education, you know, where you actually dig deep on things. In fact, one of the things I was going to say you know, and Jamal Beverly's me for I know it's, but you know, I'm not sure if Kyrie, like you said, he, he needs probably needs some kind of help, but I also think he needs an education. He needs to complete the education he started at Duke. Maybe he should take two or three a two or three year hiatus and actually, you know, enroll in Duke either online or somewhere and enroll as either political science major or theology or something that will give him the opportunity he has not had to really go deep and wide on knowledge and not just these snapshots, which have kind of marked his career. Snapshot here, a snapshot there, you know, here a snapshot, there a shop, everywhere a snapshot, you know, to really, to really give himself two or three years to really dig into something. Again, whether it's political science, whether it's theology, whether it's black studies, and really dig into this stuff. Uh, and I think that he would benefit and, um, you know, obviously we would benefit, but he would definitely benefit. But Jamal, where, where are you? I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, there's so many ways, different directions you can go uh, in discussing this topic. I mean, you bring up the miseducation thing. I think that's one of the big things. And one of the things I've noticed is, you know, 
him him being you know not being educated enough in my you know to from my perspective to to even you know talk about you know to describe what he's talking about uh you know he can't articulate his his uh positions either way um so you know you you almost don't even you can't really take him seriously from that uh perspective but also it just reminds me it's the same thing you see from you know like trump supporters or you know it's like I kind of equated, you know, Kyrie has all these supporters on his side. Uh, one of the reasons I think he feels emboldened uh, to, to act as if he, he's a beacon of light is because he has all these uneducated supporters also. And I think it's the same way on, you know, with like Trump supporters and Trump himself. You know, he's, he's, he's preaching to all these other uneducated people who just will follow. So I think, it's, you know, to me, it's a symptom of this country where we don't educate our people. And we and so anybody can lead them um, in almost any direction, and and that's one of the reasons I feel like we have we're, we're in such a, such a scary time in, in divided society. So you kind of hit it on it for me. That's one of the things I've been thinking about. Where you know I've seen all you know one of the things that bothers me greatly about this Kyrie situation is I'll, I'll read a post he has on IG and I'll look at the comments and there's so many people like yeah you know. You know, you're persecuting this man, and you know, right on, right on, brother. You know, you know, you know, talk your talk, and it's like he, but he's not saying anything, right? He's he hasn't he hasn't said anything intelligently for you to follow, but still, but yet and still, he he has followers, and I and I just see the same thing um, from you know when you, when you see these people on the right, um, you know, January six, all this stuff. It, it just seems it's like one and the same to me, but from 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 different position. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. I, can I co-sign on, on this this uh, safe path that you've established for us, Bill, to, to talk about, <laughs> talk about this, this, this education? You've got to be an angel here. No, no, I, I think it's very important because the wonderful thing is, you know, in the old days, it was that whole liberal arts education, the opportunity to go to school for school's sake and to learn and read the great books and sort of do all this sort of stuff and go more deeply in, in areas that you want to look at and get the PhD, all that sort of stuff. You can, you can feel Kyrie and, and other athletes have been in this, this same kind of space of craving for more learning. Right. And, right. And, and to some extent to not understand, I think, how deep you have to go before you really believe something. Right. Don't just believe it because it sounds like a good idea, but right. then do the further research to see, oh, is this really true? Oh, let me, let me read the conflicting views. And then right. eventually come up with your view of something, but the idea of, and, and you know, I, I, I did try, uh, and please don't put me on any, any list. I did try to watch the documentary, yeah. the quote, quote documentary. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I watched for about seven or eight minutes and then I realized what, what it was. And I still, I still am going to try to watch it to get a better grasp of, of how could this be so convincing to someone Although, although we should pause on that too, because he did say in that press conference, what was where he wasn't uh, advocating for it. He wasn't promoting it. He wasn't promoting right. it. Um, so, so there's something about there's a little mini piece in me that says, you know, there's something about posting things, and then all of a sudden it gets fully attributed to you. I'm not saying you you should post something that is anti-Semitic or racist or otherwise, but it's also I don't know if we should fully attribute things to people. And, and, and one of you guys said this, the idea that you didn't fully read something or you didn't fully vet something before you posted it. 
you know, probably under Elon Musk will get better rules on this kind of thing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Whew, talk about throwing a hand grenade in. Yeah. But I, I guess that's some of the things when you like something, I heard a debate. Uh, I, I listened to serious. Uh, NBA radio, you know, Sirius NFL radio, all those things. And there was a debate on Sirius uh, NBA radio between Antonio Daniels and Rick Kamala. And, you know, Kamala said something like, uh, you know, his thing was, you know, he linked, Rick Kamala was talking about how he linked to something. And he said, well, just because you linked to something, just because he, he linked to something. And he said, just because I linked to it, doesn't mean I endorsed it. And Antonio Daniels jumped on him and said, well, that's all, you know. So Kyrie linked to something. Does that mean that he endorsed it? So I guess yeah. you have to kind of weigh that. If you link to something, is that an endorsement? Uh, what else is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what else kind of how the press conference went? What, what, what else does that mean? Yeah. Why, what, what is compelling about this to you? And, and I guess the thing with, Kyrie and a lot of people, I think what you're saying, Jamal, is that he's always done this, done these little things, and then like little red riding to skip away. You know, you kind of sprinkle something there and skip on to something else. You know, you're, you're here and then you're there. You never fully explain your position. And and I've seen this with Kyrie throughout his career. He's never, he's not, he's not blessed with the gift of clarity, you know. But when he same, explains himself, it's never been clear. But at the same time, he he believes he's deep. He be, he believes that he is you know more knowledgeable than 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 others. So he you know he said he said he said himself, "I'm a beacon of light." Yeah. Um, you know he's 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 here to he believes right now in this space he's here to educate others. And 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 I, and Ken, you did say you know I hadn't even thought about the the mental health aspect of it for for Kyrie. Um, you know, because he's clearly, I mean, to me, he's clearly delusional. Um, you know, I've thought about the mental health piece for Kanye and I, and I, and, and these two, I've always, you know, for the past couple of years, I've been calling both of them Kanye Irving or, or, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, they, yeah, no, it, it's, it's such a, so, so ironic that, that those two worlds are happening at the same time. Right. right. So, you know, and, and, and Kanye, we pretty much everybody acknowledges, he acknowledges that he, that he had. That he has mental health issues, um, so that's you know some for some reason I haven't really attached that to Kyrie, um, so, but maybe I should. I want to say in no uncertain terms that uh, I'm not sure what Kyrie Irving is or is not, but he's definitely reckless. And you know, if anything happens, he could possibly have blood on his hands, no matter what he did or did not intend. We're living in an environment where it doesn't take much for people to carry out acts of violence against any designated enemy. And when you say irresponsible things, as Kyrie did, without context, without having thought it through, there's always a possibility of gangs of people acting out these violent impulses. And although Kyrie may not think that he could actually inspire people to violence. These reckless comments that he made could actually trigger violence. So I condemn, what I condemn is Kyrie's recklessness, regardless of what he thought 
And it won't matter what he says afterwards, no matter what the apologies, no matter what the tears, it won't be enough to wash out the blood that could be on his hands. So I know we're going to get into it, but I just want to be very clear about that, that I think all of us condemn Kyrie's recklessness. Right. No, I, and I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, and that's why I think, you know, it was important that he apologized right away, which he did not do, uh, you know, to, to clarify, you know, what position he has, because um, you can't, that, you just can't put stuff like that out into the, into the atmosphere, especially the times that we're living in. Um, you know, you mentioned violence that can happen. Uh, you know, there've been, there've been multiple, you know, more and more threats against the Jewish community now, just like, you know, the black community is, is, is feeling a lot more uh, intimidation in these times. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it was definitely reck- reckless of Kyrie and, and that's why it was important that he he address it and he failed to and he deserves to be punished. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. The elephant in the room, I guess, is anti-Semitism. Right. I guess we've all said that we oppose all forms of racism, all forms of uh, of oppression, all forms of hate speech. Because um, at the end of the day, man, you know, if you're a, a black person in America. All hate speech eventually comes back on you, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, but I, I think if you're an athlete, and I really thought about this with Ron Artest when he we was openly talking about his mental health issues. And when you're a talent athlete, a lot of stuff is overlooked, and a lot of stuff is overlooked and dismissed, you know, uh, because you've got so much talent. And I suspect Kyrie has been passed along and stuff overlooked because he was such a tremendous athlete. Right. And now he's a well-paid athlete. And, you know, you know how money is, man. In his circles, he probably is that beacon light because nobody's going to tell him he's really the prince of darkness. <laughs> because, you know, they say, okay, you want to be the beacon light? All right, you know, you're paying my tuition or I'm on your payroll. So nobody's telling the emperor he ain't got no clothes on. Yeah. Except it gets to this point where a team has to say, we're suspending you, where Nike has to say, we're dis- disassociating you. You know, um, but what, what do you think? What do you think uh, he goes from here or should go from here? Do you guys think that he's, you know, that the Nets should basically just wash his, wash their hands and say, man, we just, our, our visions are no longer compatible? Or do you think you see him coming back because he is so talented? What, what do you, you know? I mean, I, I think you know, it's up to him in a lot of ways. Like one of, one of his biggest problems with this, with the whole apology thing is that, you know, he's obviously very stubborn. Uh, I think he, he knows he has, you know, these uh, supporters and people who are are boosting him up and he does, and he feels like if he, if, if he apologizes or admits he's wrong on, on, on a particular instance, it hurts, it kind of hurts him or it hurts the people who are, who are following him. So if he, if he refuses uh, you know, to work with other people, to apologize when he makes mistakes, he he probably, he's eventually going to be done because, you know, as for the Nets, I think the Nets probably should wash their hands of him because of what we talked about before. This is not the first time. I mean, it's, it's always, it's always something. I mean, the Nets, for the Nets to bring him back is just, is, is idiotic, you know, because what, what they've dealt with, and I'm, and I'm not saying that the Nets have been 
anywhere near perfect in this situation. They, I don't think they've handled it perfectly at all from, from many, you know, many different levels. But I think, you know, I think he, I don't think he should be banished from the league at this point, based on what has happened so far. I don't think he deserves to be banished from the league. Um, he, you know, I think he, he made the apology. It was late. Um, it was something he could have said right away. Um, he could have, he could have said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't under, realize what all that was in the documentary. Um, he could have said all this from day one, but something wouldn't allow him to do that. And if he keeps that type of attitude, where he, where he just refuses to bend on on issues that he thinks he's right about, he's he won't be around for long. Yeah. Hey, Ken, let me ask you this. You know, you and I um, for a long time, you know, have seen this evolution. Uh, we've been advocating for athletes to stop being timid. You know to speak up, speak up, you know, talk, you know, you've got this, remember this going back to like the seventies and all that. Right. And we've seen the pendulum now swing way over the right. We want to shut the fuck up. Never mind. Shut up and dribble. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We get it. We get it. You're like when you have your children and first, you know, you want them to talk and you're so excited that they talk. And then like they're 15. All right. Already. You know, Jesus Christ. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But you, know, you, you know what I mean? I, I think I think it's okay for us to to put that qualifier on there, but but know what you're talking about, right? As you just suggested, do the work be, before before you speak. I mean, I was thinking about this, and this this will take us down a little bit different road of the same thing on this whole black Jewish kind of relationship uh, scenario. You know, from from a practical standpoint. Uh, we have seen uh, what happens when a, a prominent Black person says something on, on this level. I mean, we have, you know, think about what him, what you might, you know, the uh, Reverend Farrakhan. Right. Uh, ironically, uh, <laughs> Reverend Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Um, and, and the levels to which they fall once they make anti-Semitic statements. You know, and I was trying to think of, of, of you know, other, other than, than Baldwin, I mean, has there even been, and when we get to black intellectuals, uh, or, or people that, that, that kind of have the gravitas to speak with some kind of thought foundation, th there just hasn't been a lot of that, that kind of engagement, of, you know, since, since Baldwin. That, that you can talk about the, the kind of issue as it is. And I think part of, of, of what I would just guess uh, younger people that get, ca get caught up in this black Jewish relationship, a lot of it is, is just grabbing onto historic stereotypical uh, Jewish shopkeepers, kind of all these things that existed in communities and were the catalyst for so much negative con commentary historically as opposed to, and again, there's, there's criticism that can come into it, um, the alliance that was formed in the civil rights movement, uh, Jack Greenberg lead, leading the NAACP Legal Defense Fund after Thurgood Marshall, kind of all these, these positive kind, kinds of moments. So I, I say also say it, it's, it's complex. It's not, it's not something that you just watch a three hour and 20 minute documentary and decide, this is the worst relationship in the world, and and this is why black people is where 
are where they are today because that that is not accurate. What's accurate is the complexity of it all. Yeah, go ahead, Jamal. Can't deny the Holocaust, right? And 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 you can't have quotes from Adolf Hitler and even fake quotes from from Adolf Hitler uh, in something that you're promoting and then trying to come across as you know seriously a serious thinker about about the issue. So and and going and going back to you know going back to the people that that are defending Kyrie Irving, I get it from a you know from a, a basic level because. You know, telling telling a black man, you know, for a black person to to see a, a young black man being forced to apologize to another group or, you know, white people or Jews or or whatever, it it brings a visceral reaction. Like you're like, wow, wait, we're getting we're getting stomped on again. Just, you know, what did he what did he what did he do? That was that bad. Like how you know, why are we you know, nobody comes to black people's defense when, you know, something happens, you know, similarly. Um, so I get I get the reaction, but you know he's not saying he's but Kyrie himself is not making uh, any kind of uh, intelligent argument. So you just can't right. can't go can't just defend everybody. But, um, and, but and Jamal, I think this is the most prominent moment, and we'll look back on it of someone in Kyrie's position, prominent person says something out, out of line being held so closely accountable for how to apologize. Right. So this is the way you must apologize. So no, no, try it again. Right. I mean, like, that, that, that's like what's really the thing. And that may be what, what young people are really- you're Like your well, son, you know, like you're like- That's a good point because Kyrie himself, that was his big thing. Like he would not answer it how they wanted to answer it. And, he, and that was, and he was doing that on purpose. Like they, they were, they basically were, were saying, Say sorry, and he was like, right. and he was saying everything but sorry, but even apologizing to some extent, but not refusing to do what they yeah. want to do. And I think people, yeah. I think other black people can look, look at that and like, you know, are going to be are going to sympathize with him on that. Kind of like the Kute Kente thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd already said that, you know, I'm not going to flog Kyrie Irving. You know, you got several people, news organizations. And the lineup, they want you to come on and flog Kyrie Irving. So I'm not going to flog this brother. And nor do I expect to be flogged for not flogging him. <laughs> you know, uh, now I will do what we've been doing. Said, so brother, man, you got to, you know, you got to fucking think this shit through. Right. You know, you know, you, you, you are doing yourself a disservice. You're doing those of us who have been fighting for black empowerment a disservice. Because that's my root thing is black empowerment. I don't give a damn who is locking us out of power. You know, I want us to achieve power, whether it's in, you know, in, in law firms, in real estate firms, you know, in publishing firms, and uh, where, wherever we're locked out, whatever institutions we've been historically locked out of, I want, I'm for black empowerment, you know, whether it's in the NBA, the NFL, you know, I'm in black empowerment. I'm telling all the athletes, look around your house, you know, Look around your house. Who's representing you? You know, where are you buying your house from? Who's doing your banking? Who's doing, you know, are you empowering Black people? Or are you empowering everybody but Black people? Because everybody has, like, screwed Black people. Even some Black people. Everybody has got a piece of that pie. You know, everybody. You know, and like you said, kid, everybody has also sometimes been an ally. Right. You know, so we've had 
some of the same groups that have oppressed us. Members of that group have also been our allies. So it's very clear. But my thing starts with Black empowerment. Now, to, to kind of do a get off for a side trip and narrow your lane, that's not something I'm interested in. I'm like saying, you know, you know, whether we're you know, jazz musicians, entertainers, whatever, you know, we should benefit from the fruits of our labor. You know, how do we do that? And and that to me is is the battleground and the battle cry. You know, but again, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I can imagine on the plantation with give give you a, a whip. He said, no, you whip them. You know, he yeah. you know, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Well, we'll whip you. And I think you're right. Well, that's kind of like, well, wait a minute, man. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not your child. And that's one of the things I've, you know, there've been, there's been a lot of criticism, not a lot, but there's been some loud criticism about um, the other NBA players not speaking out against Kyrie Irving. And to me, you know, it brings me back to, I mean, that's a, that's a tough situation um, you know, when, when does that really happen? When does that happen? When, when in the NFL, we always talked about, um, you know, where were, where were the white players kneeling with, uh, with the black players? Well, just look at Sarver, uh, Jamal, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of owners, <laughs> you know, criticizing. I, I don't remember any hue and cry from owners publicly criticizing Sarver. Right. Now, you know, he was actually forced, but I, you know, I don't remember a hue and cry like that, oh. you know? So, yeah. you know, not not the same thing, but it is kind of like, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson condemned Paul Robeson, you know, put put him on in front of the HUAC and 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 make him testify against against another brother. We need, right. you know, and, and he talks about what Negroes in America believe and should do and all that sort of thing to be put in that position, even at the, at the micro level of what a fellow NBA player should be be saying or doing. I mean, Bill, you, you just you struck me. You said that flawed thing before, but I hadn't thought about that moment of you got to say Toby. You got to say your name right. is Toby. It really it really is that that kind of thing. And, and, and again, I, I stand, stand very strongly on he's being treated incorrectly. The, the, what I think the symptoms indicate is he needs a different kind of help. He doesn't need five-day suspension. He doesn't need to be flawed. Right. We need to find a way um, after all these years to see if there's a way to be more helpful. And I haven't been on the inside. I don't know what work has been done or, or hasn't been done, but none of this is what someone who is examining this whole thing rashly is, is going to gonna step up and do, given the history of, of all the issues involved. So yeah. it, it, it's really, it, it's really troubling. It, it's going to be over the next um, several weeks, you know, after the suspension is over, when when the new head coach comes in, which I think may be to, to the earlier question, that may be uh, an opening to do some more dramatic things, and maybe you cast it on on Ma and say this this is yeah. this is the design that he has in mind. So we're going to take these steps to do this and then try to move forward from there. Let me ask you something. I mean, you bring it up Ma. Don't you don't if if you are if you are on the Nets in the Nets quote unquote brain trust. You know, remember when when Steve Nash, so interesting that you had Steve Nash, remember when he when Stephen A. Smith was saying that he skipped the line. Yeah. And then Nash said, Yeah, I did skip the line. Well, now he's been pushed out of line. But remember, as soon as he was fired, Email Udoka, at least Woj 
you know, that was a hot and heavy thing that he was going to, Ime Yudoka, who was just seven months ago, you know, unceremoniously suspended from the, uh, from the Celtics for apparently having an improper relationship with a, uh, with a, with a female coworker who I guess the rumor said was married at the time, you know, now, and it's so rare for a brother to like be suspended, us thinking his career was over. Then next thing we know, they fired his white coach and they want to hire Udoka because they realize this guy got the goods. Do you think, is that a wise thing to do? Do you think given everything else to, you know, that that's going on within the organization? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm for uh, full black employment, so I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't hit out of it that way. And, <laughs> and you know, and, and, and I do think, you know, and, and, and we don't have all the information. We certainly don't know what the violation was and sort of all that, that, that kind of thing as well. But I do think more than any other coach, I mean, I thought Jerome Allen kind of had an access point too. Right. He may going to be able to say, look, I'm, I'm troubled. I'm a troubled individual too. I've got all this stuff going on right. and we're all getting hated on. I mean, you can go down their whole roster just about and everybody's got something, you know, Kyrie at the, the very, very forefront now, uh, you know, from Ben Sim, all, all those guys, right. Right. Something, something going on. Right. So he, he can, there can be a, a whole right. arms embrace kind of moment of us, us against the world, which you would and, and it'd be true. Yeah, it's true. It is the elegance of the world. So there, you know, if if you tried to think of what coach in a special way could, and he's been there before, he knows these guys. I mean, there's there's a lot that points to it, and there's a lot of reasons why we didn't even think about that as a possibility because of the problems he's having with the Celtics. But he's available. They need somebody. You know, somebody. I would love been in that room when somebody said, "Okay, who are we gonna get?" And to hear the discussion that, you know, all those things go, all of a sudden they made it okay for themselves. They came up with some justification where, you know, and, and we got to deal with all this other stuff anyway. So, you know, we, it's, a, it's a shotgun blast rather than a rifle shot. We'll just get these little pellets coming at us instead of a bazooka zeroed in right on us <laughs> on a single issue. I don't know. <laughs> I like, I like that, that thought process. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's a great move, except for the except for the PR. But besides PR, the, the immediate PR, I think it's a great move. I don't and I don't care whether whether your objective is to to win this year and keep it together or blow it up. I think I think he's proven he's a very, very good coach. He's a young, good coach. He's he was he's going to get another chance. We know that he's going to you if the Nets don't hire him because of this. Some other team, Philly might hire, you know, like in, in three months or something like that. So you lost out on a good coach. And and we don't and I and I hate when when Yudoka and we don't know everything, but we know. But from what we know already, you know, he's not, you know, I hate when people lump have been lumping Yudoka in to with everybody who's had who's had major issues. Like it's all the same. I think there are levels to everything. And, you know, he he's not Deshaun Watson from from what we've heard so far. You know, he's not in primo from, you know, there are, you know, he, he violated a team from what we know, he violated the team rule um, and he got fired. And so he's been punished. Um, he lost a, he, he lost money. He lost a, a, a championship level team. He lost his reputation. So he's, he's been punished. We know he's going to get a chance. I think the Nets would be smart to jump on a, a, the most qualified candidate by, you know, by far from what I can tell that's out there. 
and bring him in. And plus, like like Ken said, I mean, you know, on the on another level, he can you know he can relate <laughs> to what's going on in Brooklyn. Yeah, that was a great point. You know, uh, another person kind of switching. This is not going to be a, a graceful pivot, but another person can relate to everybody is Dusty Baker. Uh, you know, uh, as we do this podcast on Saturday, Dusty, who I think we all love. And everybody, I think Dusty may be one of the beloved figures in maybe professional sports. I mean, across across bounds, you know, everybody's, and I certainly every black person in America is pulling for Dusty Baker to win the World Series championship, and every all the Houston Astros fans. Um, what do you What are your thoughts? You know, Kenneth, saw you at the game uh, the other night yeah. when uh, he went up, you know, three games uh, to one. And it's, it's amazing to me, man. We, we talk about, you brought up such a great point, Ken, about you're for full black employment. You know, yeah. uh, we're, we're pulling for Yudoka. Yeah. And there was a, 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 we tried to pull for Kyrie until he just got so far out that, you know, but the instinct still is that Jackie Robin instinct we all have is to pull for the black person, unless yeah. it's somebody who was totally, you know, been like a race, a race traitor. Which, which is getting me run out of Philadelphia, which which is easy to do in, in this World Series because yeah. there's only one uh, uh, descendant of, of, of American slavery <laughs> on the field. And it's, yeah. it's Dusty Bay, and he happens to be Houston. I, I, I will tell you that this is just a, a brief story. Everybody's got a million, if you've associated with Dusty, everybody's got a story about him. But this one just, just happened. I'm, I'm just, you know, we've been friends for, for a long time since, since the 80s. And, you know, I talked to him before he came to town and I pretty much said, you know, talk to you after the series. So he calls me the, the, the Monday when it's raining. And, you know, everybody's kind of figuring is the game will happen or not. So I look at my phone and it's, it's about seven o'clock at night. Uh, a little bit before seven, because that's when they finally called it or a little bit before six, whatever it was. A little bit before he called me up and said, brother, have you left yet? <laughs> and I'm thinking, why are you calling me as this game to get, you know, the biggest game of the season is be, getting ready to begin? He said, I, he said, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but you probably don't want to come all the way down here. Just just sit tight for a minute. Wow. He, said, he said, all right, brother, I got to go. I, I got some more calls to make. So, <laughs> so, so at, all at once I said, okay, I, you know, I got a call. I guess I'm, I'm some, some specialist. But he's also the brother that's trying to call everybody that he knows this coming because he don't want to waste their gas, whatever it is, to come down there. I mean, I have described him when people ask him as, as no no offense to, to you, as the best brother in the world. I mean, just yeah. just uh, uh, a heart of gold all the time, um, and just so accessible, and somebody that. Is consistently the, the same the same person. Yeah, yeah. The same person. And like you said, man, every single person who knows Dusty has got a story like that. <laughs> Some kind of just you know where he showed a warmth, like uh, <laughs> my story. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, after they, uh, after they, uh, I guess the Wednesday game where they yeah. won five zero, was it? Right, right. After the shutout. Um, I was in the press room and uh, I was, you know, after, after his press conference, I was leaving and, you know, 
I, I've got this thing, man. A lot of times when people are like, you don't want to, you know, be part of the crowd, you know. And I was standing on the periphery as he was passing through and he was talking to somebody and he said, oh, wait for a minute, man. And he walked over to me, you know. He said, man, how the hell are you? And gave me a hug. <laughs> you know, but again, I'm sure if you go right down the line, yeah, every single person has, and, and that's a rare guy, and, and, and it's so counter to what we've been just talking about with a guy like Kyrie, yeah. who's always been divisive, whether yeah. he, he wanted to be or didn't. Some people are just like, to me, man, it's like the difference between Mike Tyson and Ali. Like, they could tell the same joke. Ali could talk about your mama and you'd laugh. Right. Tyson would do it and you'd want to kill it. You know, you could tell the they could tell the same joke, you know, and Ali would be beloved or what he would say. And Tyson would just be demonized. And some people are just like that. But, you know, Baker has a guy. I just pray that all that, that he gets, uh, he finally gets that championship. What do you do? Just briefly, I mean, no, I know. Jamal, your son is playing everything, playing baseball, flag football, and everything, you know. Um, but what do you make of this? Do you think that things are, um, in terms of African-Americans in baseball, do you think we are kind of where we are, and this is pretty much where it's going to be, that 7%, 8 9 is, is that you think it's going to stay like that? I don't know. You know, I'm hoping that, that there will be a, a resurgence. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, the last draft or so, there have been more Black players. Um, you know, I, I do kind of worry about, you know, when, when, when people talk about, you know, we have, you know, we have, uh, you know, so many Dominicans and South Americans and Puerto Ricans in the game that, 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 that major league baseball kind of, you know, has, a, you know, they feel like they have enough minorities and, and it's okay to where, uh, we, you know, we may never get that, that high percentage of, of black Americans again, but. I mean, it's just, I think it's just a question of of the the sport becoming popular for for black kids again, um, and I, I I think that's possible. And I, mean, I, I saw something on ESPN the other day, and I've been talking about this for years that the game isn't the same anymore without without black American athletes. Um, you know, we, you know, the stolen base, you know, used to be a big part of the game, and it's not it's it's non-existent. And I I I think it's without question because you know, the, the biggest reason because of that the type of athlete, the black American athlete is not, is not there anymore. So, and I don't think it's just analytics that's taken, taken that away. I think it's the, the players themselves. Um, so, you know, I would love, I'm hoping that that's not the case. Um, and I think there are signs that it might not be the case, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, go, go Astros. Yeah, um, I, I, I say one, one more dusty story that that uh, is probably hopefully is apropos of, of tonight. He when he was uh, you know he's out of the game for for a brief moment, um, uh, not this, not this most recent time, but but in in the eighties after he stopped playing, and then finally he got hired, ended up on with the Giants, and, and was you know first base coach, and, and Roger Craig was overstaying his time clearly. For those who remember the you know the management of the Giants at the time, and and this this epitomizes Dusty too. He knows everybody, so I was talking to him and I said some kind of version, probably not properly, about you know when when are you going to get the job? And he he said, well you know 
I was talking to Scatman, Scatman Crothers. Oh, wow. And Scat, and Scat told me, it doesn't matter if you get it when you're young or when you're old, as long as you get it. So I, I keep thinking about that in terms of him getting this, this World Series. That, that that's, his, that's his mentality is, is I'm, I'm going to get it. And all y'all can be impatient, but, but it's, it's going to come. So I'm hoping this is, this is the moment that it comes. And, and he has he has one as a player, so I mean, this is, yeah, he's a bona fide winner, you know, regardless yeah. of what happens. But I mean, you know, I get, they're up three two, got two two games to get. He got two at home. <laughs> I just a great team, a great team all season, you know, right. because of him, his presence. Like you said, like the stories you you're telling, you hear that from the players. The players right. love him. They 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 want to win it for him. Hopefully that doesn't they don't want to win too badly for him. When, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. And remember, you know, and, and again, we could kind of move on, but I think it's appropriate. Remember when the Astros were shellacked and scandal and they fired the coach and all that, it was dusty when they when they were sitting around the room, just like the Nets sitting around <laughs> the room. They said, you know what? Dusty Baker. Who is the one person we could bring in who's palatable that it could help us write this ship Put with, with the public relations, with the players? Who was the most respected person we could bring in? And it was bingo. It was Dusty Baker. You know, so, and, you know. And ironically, one of the teams that didn't hire him when he was available again, the Phillies. Yeah, well, yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, the more we talk again, about that's, that's why I'm not a manager. That's the kind of thing I'd be using. <laughs> but he doesn't need all that. <laughs> that's right. Last but not least, again, you know, Ken, you're in Philly, uh, home of the eight and old Philadelphia Eagles, you know, with, with led by a quarterback. You know, I, I got to tell you, man, of all the stories, it's, well, I really respect Jalen Hurts. I really respect. Here's a brother, man, who was a freshman at Alabama, was like, the talk of the town, right? Nixon. And then at halftime, halftime of a national championship game, this dude benches, he benches Hurts, brings in Tua. Now people say, you know, whatever, but he benches Hurts. He benches a guy, brings in Tua, and that's his new date. And then Tua, you know, left for dead, stays one year, is a good soldier. Then he rises from the ashes, goes to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, right? You went to Oklahoma? Yeah. Had a great career. And here he is, man. You know, second year, uh, second or third year in Philadelphia. And I think second year, just in second year in Philadelphia and got these cats. Hey, no, everybody seems to respect him. You know, they seem to really admire him. I think that's a great story. I think that's a great story of, of resilience. Yeah. And you, and you think about Again, here's, here's the three of us with our athletic careers and you know varying degrees. The, the, as 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 you know, another great athlete would say, the mentals you would have to have to be able to endure that. I right. mean, that, that's the idea that, I, and and not really, not follow that closely, but you could have raised a whole lot of questions even at this point, you know, about what what happened that why why did that happen like that. Especially, you know, if you get a little further along, we'll be able to compare their careers a little bit too, which is never, you know, never a, a great easy thing to do once they become pros. But it's just amazing to, to take those steps, which gets to the, the whole thing of the transfer portal, what these players can do now and how they can 
how do you maneuver your career in college to get to where he got? I mean, that that was just some, some bold movement that right. took place there. Uh, right. Specifics, like the specific specifics of his story, you know, like you said, you, you go back to the to the uh, to college to Alabama freshman. First of all, how good do you really? How good do you have to be to to as a freshman take a team to a to a national championship? Yeah. Right. So he was great, but the one drawback was that he couldn't throw. Right. So you know, he wasn't a good pocket passer. He wasn't. You know, he he was almost the the stereotypical black quarterback. You know what I mean? Like the you know, oh, he's great. He can run, but he can't. He can't pass. But then, you know, so and 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 those, you know, he can't read a defense. You know, they were throwing all that kind of stuff at him. He, he's just he's just not that guy. Then he, he he gets progressively better. He goes to Oklahoma, gets a little better. He comes to the NFL. He still has he still has that label, right? Uh, you know, even though they know he's a winner, they know he's a leader. Uh, but you know he can't he can't play he can't play in the pocket you know can he read a defense he's you know what what is he he gets progressively better and now this guy is like a class he, he in the pocket he's like a classic passer like he he has few weaknesses in his game you know like he can like he looks great in the pocket to me he's putting he puts balls on the money and you started to see that last year like he was a little he was somewhat inconsistent last year but you could you saw he had that in him and then now just to blossom like that. I don't, I can't think of another story like that, that, that I can remember where, where a guy was put in this box early on and now he's, he's, he's just a totally, you know, he, 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 he just went to places. Nobody, nobody yeah. Could imagined. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's like the, uh, you know, it's hard to find that in football. I think you're right. You know, magic learns to shoot. Jason right. Kidd learns to get the outside shot, you know, um, which one was hope for, for Ben Simmons, but the quarterback that learns to throw, I mean, that, that's a much less common story. And, and, and also too, I mean, what you were saying that I was reflecting on, you know, did he really not know how to throw or is that just what they were right. telling us? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and again, this is another, that this is another podcast, but about that stigma, you know, cause we're standing with Lamar uh, in, you know, in, uh, in Baltimore. I, I don't know if we still totally turn the corner on this whole black quarterback thing. You know, I know people kind of rally around Mahomes. Somehow Mahomes is palatable, but, you know, people still, I think they're still, you know, they marvel at Lamar, but they don't totally embrace him. Uh, Philadelphia, I guess, you know, is still the eight and one, but I think that he's still going to have to finish the season, you know, for people to give him full credit. I just think that what he's done, like you said, you guys said, is just a great story of perseverance and mental toughness to not be defined. I mean, that, that being benched like that on a national team, that could have that could have wrecked people's career, man. That could have just wrecked your whole psyche, yeah. you know, and here he is. So, all right, and here we are. So um, I think we, well, I, I think we finished relatively unscathed. Of course, <laughs> Jamal's going to review all this first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We never know. Yeah, I think we made it through. I think we we did it. Yeah, of course. You know, other people determine that. Uh, but you know, um, we'll see, man. I think that it'll be interesting, uh, whether it's with Irving, to see what's going to happen in the next. You know, where are we going to be by the end of the season? You know, with that, will this be? Uh, 
you know, consumed by yet another thing. Will Draymond Green knock somebody else out? You know, will Steph Curry decide he wants to retire? You know, um, you know, will Kyrie decide he wants to retire? Like do a Jim Brown say, I'm, I don't need this. I'm done. I'm going to go off and, you know, and go to a monastery or something. So to be continued. But listen, uh, this has been great. Uh, Brother Shropshire, thank you so much. Thank you. you know, for lending us your wisdom and your, you know, legal advice if we need it. <laughs> uh, and Jamal, do you have to tell people something about where they could listen to this great podcast? Yes. Uh, thanks to listeners, as always. Uh, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast, all the uh, podcast hubs. Um, Apple Podcasts. If you if you get on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and uh, and uh, and comment. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, <laughs> that's that's helpful. Follow us on social media at Bros Pod on Twitter at Bros Pod on Instagram. Uh, Bill Roden on Sports on Facebook, and of course, we're brought to you by Bet Online. All right, and just to let you know, to my Italian brothers and sisters, my Irish brothers and sisters. My Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, even my Russian brothers and sisters, you know, uh, love you, you know, uh, you know, we're all in this together. And of course, my brothers and sisters, you know. <laughs> You're going to get in trouble with your brothers and sisters. Seriously. Yeah. How come you left? How come you put us last? Because <laughs> you know I love you. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, continue to be safe. Um, Get vaccinated if you're not. I know that's it. Speaking of Kyrie, you know, uh, get vaccinated. The stuff is still out there. Uh, be safe, be smart, and continue to pray. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube